This is the High School Football America podcast for July the 26th, 2019. I'm Jeff Fisher. Well, I say it every time I get to go back to my home state. You can take the boy out of Pennsylvania, but not Pennsylvania out of the boy. I uh, I love the high school football I grew up with over the last uh, 40 years. I've been pleased to cover it. And on the show tonight, we have a, a guy that has uh, done a wonderful job at uh, what is now a national power now that High School Football America puts out a small school's ranking, the uh, number one team in the nation last year and number one going in this year. They have won nine state championships in the state of Pennsylvania. They have uh, won three out of the last four. They come in with 32 straight wins, the sixth longest active streak, and the man behind it is the guy that's number 15 on America's all-time coaching wins list, Jim Roth, 427 wins, 63 losses, and two ties. I did not misspeak. That's 427 and 63, and Coach is on the line right now to join us to talk about uh, a little Southern Columbia football. Welcome to the show, Coach. Oh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and uh, before I get in and have you put on the hat and tell everybody where you are in Northeastern PA, I I always like to joke with coaches that have fine records like you do. You you probably don't remember as many of the 427 wins, but you probably remember a lot of the 63 losses, right? Yeah, you're probably (laughs) right, yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway, Um, it's it's a pleasure to have you on the show here. And uh, Northeastern Pennsylvania, I know where you are. I've I've been up there a couple of times to cover some games back in the day when I lived there. So let's uh, give the people a little bit of a snapshot about your community there and how the the football fits into it, because uh, Southern Columbia Tiger football is part of the fabric. There's no doubt about it. So give the guys uh, around the nation a little bit of a snapshot of you. Well, I mean, this is a rural area, uh, and our district uh, is mainly composed of uh, three different towns. Well, Catawissa and Ulysburg, two main towns, and then uh, a lot of rural area. And so uh, I've gotten a comment over the years when when people who aren't from the area would see where our school is, uh, they would be kind of surprised uh, at, at, you know, kind of making the connection between our, our the level of success we've had and where the school is located because there's really nothing around it except for some farms and cornfields. <laughs> but we do take in a couple small towns. And um, uh, back in uh, the early 80s when I started at Southern, it, was, uh, it certainly was not uh, a big part of the community at that time because uh, football had, had uh, gone through a period where they were really struggling um, my second year as an assistant coach uh, at the school, we reached a point where we had um, 27 losses in a row, and uh, there was talk about dropping the program. And you know, we got we got things turned around. We started to win some games, and uh, we won uh, an Eastern Conference championship uh, in the early uh, 80s and 1983, and that was the big deal in our area at that time. There was no state playoff state playoff system and so that kind of was the springboard uh we we started to win some games we won a couple uh uh titles and um you know we've been able to uh keep things going uh for quite a while now and um uh you know we've had some peaks and valleys in terms of uh how strong the program is at a particular time for example right now we have some special players some elite players in the program Mm -hmm. so just having a good, solid uh, high school program with a lot of consistency, you can win a lot of games. But when you start to get 
you know, four and five scholarship players on your team in a small school like ours, it kind of puts you over the top. And that's where we're at right now. But uh, things evolved over the over the decades, I will say not the years, the decades, to the point where, um, as you mentioned, uh, you know, now football is a, a huge part of uh, the, um, the community here. And in fact, we open up with uh, an ESPN kickoff game. Yep in South Carolina. And, uh, I know, uh, you know, we're going to have hundreds of fans making that trip all the way to South Carolina from Pennsylvania. So it'll be fun to sit in my, uh, my living room and watch a uh, little tiger football, a little Pennsylvania football during the kickoff weekend. Jim Roth is on the line. Southern Columbia is the top team in the high school football, America, small schools, top 25 national champs last year. And, you know, I was kind of thinking as you were talking about the elite players that you have, you know, Julian Fleming and a couple more, uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how all these coaches are figuring out where the heck you're located. And it, it isn't easy sometimes to find Southern Columbia. So that goes back to your main point, a couple of farms around there. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the foundation. You mentioned you know 27 straight losses when you came in as an assistant, and then finally getting to that Eastern Conference Championship. What are some of the things once you took over the program that you said you know this is what I want my team, my program to be all about? Is there a couple of you know building blocks there in the foundation you can share with the listeners around the nation? Uh, well, one of the first things was uh, to develop. Uh, uh, a work ethic and, and a training program. Uh, and back then, the weightlifting wasn't as near as big as it is now, but it, it was still, you know, good programs had, had a pretty strong uh, off-season program, a pretty strong weight program at that time. And um, there was nothing like that at Southern Columbia when we started there. So, you know, it was, it was a matter of, number one, um, getting the kids to buy in and developing a work ethic, but then also uh, starting to get some off-season training where it had been a situation where you know, players would leave at the end of uh, the season in the beginning of November and coaches didn't see them again until August. And, uh, of course, that doesn't happen today. Um, that's one thing, uh, and that's, that's kind of a you know a standard anymore in any program that's going to be successful you have to have that um and everybody does so much in the off season now but um i I think we we came in and and, um you hear it a lot i hear it at every level whether it's college or pro and and teams that are struggling and people say what's your goal and they say well to win a national championship or to win a super bowl and it could be a, a, a program or an organization that's nowhere near it, but realistically, that that's that's kind of what we were about. You know, we we always our goal from day one was develop a program that could win at the highest level. In the beginning, it was just to win an Eastern Conference title, which is a fairly large geographical area in Pennsylvania. And then in the late '80s, the state playoffs. Uh, came about and, and at that point you could win a state championship so that was always our goal and and um and we we felt that you know as long as we work hard and do the right things and treat the players the right way and and um um you know, keep keep growing as coaches that it was possible and that's what we were able to do um and i think that uh the other key thing is you can have that as a goal but it, it's never taken away from our, our daily routine and um, doing what's important right now every day. And, and that's the same thing that we have to focus on now and emphasize because of going through a period here now with a, 
lot of success recently if we were to let up as coaches and not, you know, demand the players to um, stay focused and work like, um, you know, they're still trying to prove themselves. And, you know, we, we, we may slip a little bit or things may fall off. And, and that's certainly what, you know, we don't want that to happen. So. That's right. You've got a bullseye on you. Everybody plays just a little bit better when Southern Columbia comes to town or they come to visit you. We're talking with Jim Roth. Pennsylvania football tonight. Southern Columbia, one of the top programs in the state. Doesn't matter if they're small. They are powerful. We're going to talk in a couple of minutes. you got a former national champ up there, Berwick, coming down the line and I think another year or so. You're going to Hammond to take on a South Carolina team, a 16-time state champ. So let's kind of dive into it. You mentioned that you've got some elite players there you've got Julian Fleming uh, not only one of the best uh, the best wide receiver in the country one of the top college prospects uh, committed to Ohio State wide receiver you got Cal Halliday a great linebacker his verbal to Michigan State Um, I I guess the question becomes this at this point because you know you're no longer flying under the radar you got these great kids what what are some of the things you've got to do with a team this talented to make them know that you know it's more than kind of throw your helmets out there in the field and strap them on put the chimp strap on to, to make sure you you keep focused on that culture that you've built over the decades? Well, I think that it starts with uh, the coaching and, and I tell people all the time that first of all, I have a staff that's been together for a very, very long time. So we have a lot of consistency and um, that's, that's been a huge part of our success. My defensive coordinator has been with me all 35 years uh, we have, I think, between junior high level, varsity level, and volunteers, um, more than 10 coaches that have been in the program for over 20 years. So that in itself is uh, mm-hmm. a huge plus. Um, but our coaching staff does a great job of, of um, making sure that the players stay grounded. And they work with them every day. Uh, I, I like to say we, we, we work and we approach things with our players uh, in a way that, you know, we're, we're almost saying, hey, we got to prove ourselves. we got to, you know, um, prove that we belong or prove that we, you know, can, can still contend for a state title or whatever the case might be, however you want to phrase it. But we, our coaches do a great job of not allowing any kind of complacency. And it's just the way they work with the players day in and day out. There's never any um, backing off or talking about what happened last year everything is is focused on right now and getting better and uh, improving and and the next game whatever it might be so you know i know that's it's a lot of cliche and you hear it a lot but but we really have been successful at doing that and keeping our our players focused from week to week and again that big picture is always there we want them to see themselves standing on the field at hershey holding up that that gold football that state championship Mm -hmm. trophy but at the same time, um, they can't lose sight of what they need to do day in and day out. So, uh, you know, that, that's the first thing. And then, you know, just, just having good kids and, and developing the culture, I think we've, we've done a good job of uh, through our junior high program. And once our kids get into the varsity level of our school, uh, they, they kind of know what the work ethic is, what's uh, expected in the offseason. And, and how you have to go about things to, to maintain a, a high level of performance and keep that uh, high level of success going. And so um, I think there's a lot of different things, little things that go into um, making it up. We kind of have a formula we've developed over the years, and, 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 it, and it's been successful, and, and we kind of stay with it. But I think uh, 
a lot of are just basic fundamental principles that um, a lot of coaches talk about, but we just don't get away from them. We stay with them and um, our players respond. And right now, um, you know, we have uh, a team, like you said, that, you know, what do you do to keep them focused when they've had that much success? So that's some of that. But, you know, the other thing is you, you get an ESPN kickoff game when it's offered to you where, you know, you're going to play a team that uh, has back back state titles, 16 uh, championships overall. You have to travel nine and a half hours to play them. So in the past, like right now, if we didn't have this game, all our kids would be hearing in the community is about this team that we could possibly hit in this round of the state playoffs, and this team out west that might be, per- you know, the, the the regular season is an afterthought. So we're fighting that all the time. So we have to we have to keep talking to them about you know, here and now, because that's just the nature of the community. When you have a lot of success, people are always jumping ahead and looking at, <laughs> you know, the end instead of, uh, you know, what we do right now. Um, but that's where this game has been a, a great uh, uh, thing for us at this point in time, because with the success we've had recently, you know, now everybody's talking about playing this Hammond team, making this trip all the way to South Carolina and and it's really you know it's got the community's attention, it's got the players' attention, and and it's really been um, real positive in just um, helping us keep that focus here in the off season and coming into um, preseason camp. Uh, it's not well, we're just playing a local team that we've beaten the last seven or eight years in a row. No, we're going to tr- we're going to travel halfway across the country and play a uh, uh, you know a team that is a, is a state power and. Um, and so it, it, it's a really good thing for us right now. And, and, and it's hard to do. Uh, as a, You're going to be tested as coaches, too. I talked to Bruce Rollinson at Modern Day and Jason Negro at St. John Bosco. They've done you know these cross-country trips. Um, have you thought about that? I mean, you're, you're trying to pack as much. You've got a football game, A, right? So that's, that's job one. But you're trying to give experiences. You, you know, Some of these kids may never travel this far or haven't traveled this far ever. So what are some of the things that you're looking to do and, and you're thinking about? Because this is new for you, right? I mean, uh, Hershey's a long trip, but it's, it, it's not South Carolina. What what are, you, what are you going to do to make it special for the kids? And I, I imagine there's a monetary aspect too. You guys got to raise some funds to get down there. Well, fortunately, ESPN takes care of uh, pretty much the majority of all the expenses. Now, the only reason that we do have some expenses is because we decided to travel a day earlier. So mm-hmm. we are we are traveling on Friday, playing on Sunday. Um, they provide funding for transportation and meals and lodging Saturday through Monday. And again, the game Sunday, but we just, we just decided with a trip that far and we're not flying or busing that we're going to leave Friday and we want to be down there for a full day and, and kind of get, get our, our feet under us and get acclimated before we have to go out and play a game uh, in a strange environment like that. So, so we kind of pick up the tab for that one day um, and that one, uh, one night's lodging. So that's why we do, um, uh, we've, um, picked up some expense here, uh, in, in the process, but, um, but they cover most of it. Uh, and again, going a day earlier and, and getting uh, them down there, getting them acclimated to the, um, the environment. It's going to be hotter than it would be in Pennsylvania, even though it's hot here in, in at the end of August, I'm sure it'll be hotter down there. Oh, and, yeah. um, <laughs> so, so that's one of the things, going a day earlier, and then, um, you know, a lot of it will just be um, uh, trying to get some workouts. We plan on um, stopping in Virginia on on the way down, 
midday on that Friday, and then practicing uh, our pregame uh, walkthrough would be again midday on Saturday. So we want to get out, you know, a couple times, uh, similar time of the day uh, for when we'd be playing the game. Uh, so some little things like that, that that we'll make adjustments on and, and just try to get the players acclimated. But the big thing is, uh, you know, with all the success they've had, I, I, I just think the challenge in itself will be good. And, and uh, you know, we have a number of kids going to big-time universities, so they're going to get into uh, long trips and, and that type of thing. So it'll be a good experience, I think, for, you know, the whole team uh, and, and for those guys in particular that's that's something that um you know they, they can just get a feel for uh before they get into a big time college situation uh so it, it's uh it's going to be a great experience i think and and as i mentioned earlier about uh how big the program is in the community uh, i know we're going to have a real strong following and um you know it's going to be neat to see how many people uh are willing to make that trip also yeah, I think it's going to be fun to see you uh, challenge a team from another a good football state like South Carolina. Jim Roth, the head coach, long time, uh, over three decades at uh, Southern Columbia, a little bit lo- longer, I guess, than that if you if you add in the assistant coaching years. And Jim has 427 victories, 15th on the all-time coaching wins list in America, nine-time state champs. That's a state record in Pennsylvania. Uh, mentioned Julian Fleming, and, and, you know, when it comes to recruiting services, you know, people around the country, they see five stars, they see this. They hear that. Everybody talks about these kids. Uh, what I like to try and do on a show like this is is have a guy that's with them day in and day out say, hey, this is what this top receiver is all about. It's not about his five stars. It's not about where he's ranked in the class of. Uh, he is this type of football player. He's this type of young man. Can you do that for the listeners around the, the country about Julian? And then we'll get into some of your other players. Well, he, he got a number of offers after his freshman year, which kind of blew us away. I mean, I, I remember sitting in staff meetings saying, uh, you know, after some of the performances he had even early in the, in the season, his freshman year, uh, I recall saying to our coaches, you know, when, when the colleges put this, his film in and look at it, I said, he's going to get some attention, but I never expected, you know, power five school offers after his freshman year, which, which started to happen. And, and then it just took off. I mean, he, uh, you know, could could go to any school in the country, obviously, and um, you know he had it narrowed down to five of the top schools in the country. When Clemson and Alabama are two of them, that that's pretty much starting at the top. So, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but as far as the uh, type of person and player, one of the most impressive things is how he's handled the whole thing. So I started out by talking about getting all that attention as a freshman, and he just um, handled it the right way. It didn't. And I remember talking to him early in the process and saying, you know, th- this is all great, but all it is, is an opportunity. It doesn't guarantee anything. Mm-hmm. Said, so you have, you know, you have three years in front of you where, you know, you can walk around and kind of pound your chest and say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, div- a big time division one football recruit, or, you know, you can just kind of take that in uh, let the offers fall, you know, when, you know, as they, as they come in and, and, um, and know that you're going to have an opportunity to play in a big, in a big time program and, and just try to develop yourself both physically and mentally as much as you can. So that, uh, when that opportunity comes and you take that, that next, uh, that step to the next level, 
you maximize the opportunity by becoming, uh, you know, not not just uh, getting the scholarship and getting there, but performing at a high level. And 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 that's what he's done. I mean, he's he's improved uh, physically and mentally over the years. One of the things that has impressed the Division One coaches uh, from the time they they put his film in a couple of years ago. And it's probably even gotten better. It's just his effort in blocking. I mean, we have this back that's going to Michigan. Um, so there's another kid. He has over <laughs> 6,000 yards uh, with a year to go and 100 and whatever touchdowns. I think he's on, he's on course here to easily break the state record for rushing touchdowns. But at any rate, um, a number of his big runs, I mean, Julian's just busted his butt to get you know, five, 10 yards out in front of him and pick off the, the first guy that, that, that would approach him on a long run in the open field, things like that, you know, his consistent blocking play after play, his, his desire to get out in front of a back that's breaking a long run, um, his effort defensively coming up and making tackles, uh, his ability to return kicks and punts, um, pretty much everything, uh, scores a touchdown, Sprints to the official hands in the ball. Uh, I know when he was at the Futures 50, I think they call it, the, the juniors that are playing in the Under Armour game. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll be in that game this, this coming winter. So he was in the, I think they call the Future 50. They bring yep. him down as juniors yep. and they do seven on sevens and so forth. And I got some feedback from some people, uh, some organizers of that event. And they were as, as impressed as they were with his. Um, ability and how he was performing so well against uh, four and five star recruits, defensive backs and safeties and so forth, running routes and catching the ball. Um, they were equally as impressed by the fact that if, if there was a bad pass or the ball didn't come to him when he was open and things like that, they never saw one sign of um, becoming upset or disgruntled over the situation. And that that's, that's one of the big things with him. I mean, he has all that ability, but it's not about me. He's still very much a team player, very mature, and um, it's just really been impressive to see how he's handled the whole process, you know, through the four-year period since his freshman year. Talking with Jim Roth, Southern Columbia, top small school in the country, according to our algorithm. And, Coach, you know, I, I first heard about Julian when I was out in California living out there, and i got to admit, I kind of rubbed my eyes a bit because when I think of Southern Columbia football, I think of guys that uh, are physical. They pound you. They'll run it, run it, run it. So I was a little surprised about the wide receiver being so good in the program. So that leads me to my next question, which is let's get some of the kids up front uh, in there by name. We'll talk about Gage Garcia in a little bit you know, your running back you mentioned there but uh to me and and, and maybe you can correct me here because i haven't seen you guys in person in probably uh, seven or eight years but southern columbia is about running the football and hurting people and pounding people physically and i mean that in a good way in a football type of way uh, is that the best way to describe it and who are some of the kids that you're going to expect some some good holes being opened up for well that's that's true uh and what we've done uh, and Julian's numbers are, I think he's on course to break, well, he's going to break the, without question, the, the uh, touchdown record. Mm-hmm. He has, uh, I can't even think of that. He has 300 and some catches. He has uh, 100 and, what is he now, touchdowns, not 100 and some. He's up to, uh, I don't know, 70, 80 in that neighborhood. But, but at any rate, when, 
when he came along and, and some of the coaches around the state had run to him and uh, run into him at a clinic or whatever. And, and they're like, of all places for a receiver like that to end up as <laughs> at your school. And I said, Hey, I said, you know what? If you can run the ball well, and which we've been, we've been able to do his entire, you know, his entire three years that he's been here. I said, you know, it just, it really actually makes it easier to get him the ball because, um, you know, they, they have to, they have to commit so much emphasis to the running game that, you know, if we were uh, a spread team and we went three and four wides or empties and just chucking the ball all over the place, it's a little easier for the defense to incorporate some schemes to try to defend that, that passing game. And then also put a little more emphasis on him. Well, when we split him out 15 to 17 yards from the formation, and we have a couple backs that can, that can, you know, score every time they touch the ball potentially. And, and he's, you know, uh, the elite receiver that he is, it, it puts the defense in much more of a bind than these teams that, that are, you know, spread teams that, that mainly are just really strong throwing teams and are kind of average running. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we didn't change a whole lot with our system. We throw the ball more and we throw the ball to him more because, you know, he's, he's a type of receiver. He's always open. You know, it's like, you know, even when there's somebody close to him, if you put the ball in the right position, he's open, he's going to get it (laughs) because he's, he's, he's six, three, he's over 200 pounds. Um, I know uh, this spring before track started, and he had a great track season uh, when he did, uh, and, and, and it's kind of a, a standard uh, strength measurement, when he did the 225 bench, and he did it almost 20 times. You know, there's wow. guys, that's good, for, that's good for a guy at the NFL Combine as a receiver. There are running backs that don't do that many times. Really? <laughs> um, you know, so, so that's... Uh, that's the thing, you know, we never changed our scheme or our philosophy, but, um, you know, as far as, uh, your original question, as far as people running the bull, we have, we have a set of brothers right now. Um, Gage Garcia, who is uh, committed to Michigan, um, has over 6,000 yards, a ton of touchdowns. And, uh, he's, he's just, a a really good athlete. He's a state champion wrestling. Um, his younger brother, will be a sophomore. Gage will be a senior. His younger brother will be a sophomore. His younger brother had over a thousand yards last year. And, and he's probably a little more of a fast twitch kind of runner. Um, relies a little more on speed, quickness and moves and Gage. Gage has some good speed and, and, and he does, uh, you know, he'll cut back, make people miss that type of thing, but he's a little more of a strong uh, downhill runner. So, you know, these brothers give us uh, a little bit of a different uh, look between the two of them. And, um, you know, they're both outstanding. And fortunately, uh, Gage's younger brother, Gavin, is only going to be a sophomore. So we have him for another three years. And um, so that gives us a real strong one-two punch um, uh, with Julian coming back at the receiver position. We lost a very good quarterback that went uh, to Alabama as a preferred walk-on. Stone Hollenbach had a tremendous career, three-year starter, and um, it would not be surprised. I would not be shocked at all if he ends up playing for Alabama at some point in time. I know that's a tall order, you know, a, a huge accomplishment to get on the field in that program. But 
you can throw it with the best of them. Um, didn't have a lot of big time offers, mainly because not quite as big as some of the other guys and uh, not as much of a runner as, as some of the other guys. But as far as throwing it, you know, he, he can throw it with the best of them. So anyhow, we lost him and we have another guy we were able to plug in who's also a scholarship player who has not committed yet but has been mainly a defensive guy and um, but was a quarterback in his younger days and, and actually had the quarterback for Stone last year when he got hurt. Five games had tremendous numbers. The only thing is he's a 4-5 guy. So, <laughs> so now we're going to add the dimension of his running quarterback this year on top of everything else going on. So it's it's going to be exciting. His name is Preston Zachman. He has, uh, he has a lot of offers. uh not a lot of Power 5 offers, although some of those started to pick up, or at least the attention started to pick up uh, here this summer when he did some camps because uh, he had some really good numbers between his strength and his speed. And he was on an official visit to uh, Wisconsin. And right now it sounds like Wisconsin and, and uh, Northwestern are both very high on him. He has some offers from, uh, he has an offer from Temple and Army and uh, um Kent State, so he had some 1A offers, but but things may pick up a little bit more for him because he was... Uh, the, the problem with Preston is he's played a bunch of positions. He played outside linebacker. He was a second wide receiver for us next to Julian. He played some tight end last year. He played quarterback, so people put his film in and they see him all over the place, but he really opened some eyes at some camps this summer. So, again, there's another kid that's really an elite athlete that his name isn't out there as much as some of these other guys, so... It should be a, a, a really um, uh, fun season for me because uh, I do call the offense. I'm the offensive coordinator uh, with with the amount of talent we have. And, and, and like I said, with uh, Preston's ability to run the football just gives us another dimension. You've got some 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 tools there to work with, Mr. OC Jim Roth on the line. Uh, but but I do want to get back. The the real I wanted to get the kids up front. That's that's what I think of what I think oh, of Southern I Columbia football. No 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 no. We I'm not going to let anybody uh, you know get out of here. Our our job is to promote the kids, and you've got some good ones. That's what I'm I'm trying to tell the audience around there. They're getting the point of that. But uh, like I said, a good Southern Columbia football team is very physical up front. That's the way I remember you, and I'm sure you're the same way. Who are some of the top kids? Well, uh, Cal Holiday, the kid you mentioned that's going to Michigan State, his brother, uh, his name is Cam Holiday. He was our starting tight end last year. We moved him into tackle. So he, he will be a and, – and I guess I should first start by saying that's our biggest concern is okay. the offensive line because we did, lose, we did lose four or five starters in the offensive line. Um, and we have, we have a lot of great skill players coming back, and we have nine starters – uh, out of 11 coming back on defense. But wow. uh, as you know, and anybody who really knows the game of football, you can have, you know, you can have great skill players, but, but you still have to get it done up front. So I'll start with him because he was a tight end. We moved him into tackle. And then uh, we have another uh, kid that, that rotated an offensive guard last year by the name of Jacob Herr. And so he has a lot of experience and, and he'll go in, uh, or he'll be back in in an offensive guard position. Uh, the third guy that, that uh, jumps out and comes to mind would be a um, uh, kid by the name of Wade Kerstetter. And Wade played quite a bit of linebacker for us his first two years as a freshman and a sophomore. And he played some tight end as a, as a second tight end. And he's stepping in uh, as our tight end this year. 
and he's a, he's an outstanding blocker. And, and in our scheme, we use our tight end a lot to block. It's very important blocker, just as just as important as any of our offensive linemen. And uh, he's an outstanding blocker. He'll do a great job there. So uh, we usually, when we talk about our offensive front, we, we, we usually talk uh, in terms of the number six instead of five because we usually include the tight end. We want a good blocking tight end. So with him there, those other two guys I mentioned, um, we have a pretty good start. And then uh, we'll bring in a guy by the name of Lear Quentin who – started at defensive end last year and he didn't start in the offensive line but if we got into any situation during the game where we had an offensive lineman that was struggling or was a little bit uh, uh, outmatched we would put Lear in there um, just because he was probably even though he didn't start in the offensive line he was probably our best lineman uh, (laughs) on both sides of the ball he was our best defensive lineman and he was probably our best offensive lineman and and Lear, Lear is probably going to be number six in terms of the number. We have five five scholarship kids right now in that 2020 class, and there's a very good chance he's going to be number six. And the only reason uh, his attention is picked up, the only reason he doesn't have offers to this point in time is that he's a little bit of a late bloomer. He's just been undersized. And, uh, but he's, he's up to, uh, he's about six two two twenty five right now. And at least the, um, um, FCS schools have started to, um, um, take a look at him and show interest. And he had some visits this summer. So, so we should end up with six kids in, and, and, you know, in, in a school our size, like like I said, that's a once in a career, uh, a once in a career class class for sure. But um, yeah, so there's four out of the six positions. So even though when you look at it on paper and you say, well, you know, you lost uh, four of the five offensive linemen, when you start looking at, you know, what we had at the tight end position and a guy like Lear who who we didn't play a whole lot offensively, but just with his ability and what he did he, defensively. Um, he's an outstanding defensive end. We plug him in. Um, before you know it, we got four four real solid spots, and then we just gotta, you know, get two other kids. Um, uh, Derek Wortman is the name of the one that will be our starting center. He's a junior, a little bit undersized, but a tremendous, tremendous uh, worker, attitude type kid that um, will have a lot of strength for his size. And then the last one is um, Colin Colin Duraski. That would he would be a three-year varsity player, and he'll start at the one tackle position, and that that rounds out the entire offensive front. So, you know that that's certainly what we talk about when we talk about, you know, where is your biggest area of concern, that type of thing. But in the end, it should be a a very uh, uh, comparable group that uh, is capable of uh, getting the job done and allowing uh, a real outstanding group of skilled players to. Um, execute and and do their job well for all the people around the country that ask me the question uh, how did southern columbia be number one last year in the algorithm rankings and preseason number one i think you're getting the point jim roth on the line jim i got two more questions for you i i, I you know defense wins championships right uh, you can always score a lot of points but uh, you know if you don't stop anybody you better outscore them uh, you said you were what nine of 11 coming back who's who's some of the leaders on that defense that you expect a lot out of this year Cal Holiday is uh, is a three-year starter. He'll be a four-year starter. 
Uh, he's going to Michigan State, had other Power Five offers, and he he's just had a, a unbelievable career. He's had well over 100 tackles every year, and we are a school that uh, we have uh, uh, a um, stat person, video stat person that, that does our, our statistics, a former coach, and um, we don't just throw tackles out there. They have to earn them, so... You know, sometimes you hear you hear numbers of tackles, and it's 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 all kind of relative on how teams approach that and how they look at it. But right. he he just legitimately is uh, just an unbelievable uh, um, linebacker, and he's had well over a hundred tackles all three years. So he kind of anchors that defense. Another uh, scholarship kid by the name of Max Tillett, who uh, has mainly uh, a lot of F. FCS offers uh, at this point. He um, has not committed yet to any school. He only has uh, he has a few one A as I one A one double A is still a term terminology I use a lot. Of <laughs> so times. do I. So do I. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, so so we have a, a great one two punch inside. Now Max has also played outside linebacker. Uh, we've had him outside. We've had him inside. We run a an eight man front for the most part, but, um, uh, you know, that, that's where it starts uh, for us. And it's the linebacking core. It's by far the best linebacking core we've ever had. Preston Zachman, who's the other scholarship player I talked about that will start at quarterback. He's been a two year starter at outside linebacker. I'm not sure if, um, uh, how much we're going to play him at outside linebacker this year. Just in the, the fact that he's going to be, uh, you know, our starting quarterback, yeah. but he's certainly still going to see time there at outside linebacker. And then the fourth kid is a uh, uh, two-year starter. Uh, his name is uh, Nate Crow, and, and he's he's uh, an outstanding player, and he had a real good season last year. Played quite a bit as a sophomore, also. So, like I said, the the, the group of four linebackers is is the best group we've ever had, and we're still a an old four-four eight-man front, but. We will now. We see these spread teams and, and people that really spread it out. We will uh, get into more of a four-three uh, scheme with a four-deep secondary up front. As I mentioned, Lear Quinton's an outstanding defensive end. He returns and one of the best tackles uh, that we've had in our program. Uh, by name of Cole Shankweiler returns at uh, defensive tackle. He's a 300-pound kid that can move and. Uh, He's he's very strong and he anchors down the inside. Uh, so that front, you know, returns uh, six out of the eight, and then all we have three guys in the secondary that return. Uh, well, two and a half at least. A kid by the name of Jake Davis uh, rotated at corner last year. Uh, he's back. Uh, our 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 safety, um, Cade Lynn, uh, is the player's name. Kate's uh, a two-year starter that um, had an uh, outstanding year last year at safety. He returns, and Julian Fleming's the other corner. And uh, that's the other thing. I mean, Julian plays both ways full-time and virtually every game that we play. If they have a, a go-to guy or a number one receiver, which most teams do, we, we simply put Julian on that guy, and then we play 10 on 10. And the other team virtually doesn't even attempt to throw him the ball. <laughs> so as good as he is offensively and, and there's no school, um, you know, I brought this up in front of some of the uh, big time coaches already uh, uh, as far as a position. And I mentioned defense and 
thought I would have said, uh, you know, that he was committed to another school other than them when I said it. It was almost like, you know, hey, we're not we're not paying uh, or we're not getting uh, seventy to hundred, depending on the school, seventy, a hundred Penn State fit a hundred thousand fans in the stadium to watch him play defense. <laughs> so, you know, that's the old that's the old thing. I mean, defense. It is is very very important, but if you have a guy that can be an elite receiver, a playmaker on offense, and he can also be a great defensive back, I learned firsthand that that these schools they're playing him on offense. They're not playing him on defense. I found that out. So, but yeah, so we have a, we have a tremendous uh, nucleus coming back defensively, virtually everyone, and, and so um, you know, it, it, as good as the offense should be with that group of skill players. You know, the other thing that, that really makes it tough on opponents is if you can just keep giving them the ball back. You know, short series for the other team, three and out, or not too many first downs, and just keep, keep giving our offense the ball back. And, and that, you know, that certainly makes it uh, tough on, on, on our opponents. So. Folks, uh, if, if you get a chance, watch their game against Hammond High School out of uh, South Carolina on the ESPN uh, kickoff class. Only game on Sunday. Uh, this is a very good program. Southern Columbia and, and, and Coach Jim Roth with us. Uh, I, I appreciate your time, but I've, I've got to get one question in here because when I read it, I, again, rubbed my eyes a little bit. Uh, again, people that have been listening to me for, for a couple of decades now know that I, I bleed Pennsylvania and uh, very proud that uh, Berwick was one of the first national powers the late George Curry became a good friend on the show multiple times. Uh, Southern Columbia Berwick, that just that just sounds like football. doesn't matter if it's Pennsylvania or anywhere else. That's got to be exciting next year, of course, though. Yes, um, it will be. It, it, it's going to be uh, tremendous for our uh, area. Um, the following and, you know, the history of the two programs – and we, we, we tried to get this thing going a few years ago and it just didn't happen. Um, but it will happen starting next year and, uh, it will be a tremendous, uh, experience for our players. And we, we've, we've gone through that evolution. Uh, you know, earlier when I talked about when I started there and how the program was struggling, when we started playing teams like Mount Carmel and Danville and smoking, um, back when we started playing, I mean, Danville's still a pretty good program, but, um, Mount Carmel, you know, they had a run of six uh, state championships and some great teams. And uh, back at uh, at that time, Samokin was very strong, and mm-hmm. and they're they're going to start they're making their way back as one of our former players took over there last year, and they have already shown a lot of a pr- improvement. Uh, Henry Hynoski, they rec- Henry Hynoski is the head coach there. Yes, so so they're 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 uh, I think they're going to be. Uh, uh, continually uh, improving, and that that program will be uh, you know strong into the future. But at any rate, as we pick these teams up over the years, um, people would say things like, you know, what are you doing playing them? You don't have any business. And um, getting back to one of your original questions, that's helped us build a program. That's something that we've always done. Um, we evolved over the years to the point where you know we always wanted to play competition because I've, I've always believed that you've got to give your kids, you know, something to shoot for. You've got to give them a level of competition that they, that's going to be hard for them to match so that they have to work toward it. And, um, you know, I, to be perfectly honest with you, I see it a lot here locally and, and, and around the state at times where, you know, teams don't want to play certain teams and, and, 
and and people are you know somewhat uh, afraid of picking up this school or that school. Or they talk about points or this or that, and it's like I just don't think they're doing themselves any justice. If you really want to build your program, you got to play competition. So um, the Berwick game will just be and and the other thing about that is again you know when we play when we played a Mount Carmel or a Shemokin, and we have five to seven thousand fans in the stadium. I mean. Those are the games the kids are going to remember. That's those are the experiences that that make high school football. To mm-hmm. to, to you know uh, play play teams that are mediocre that you know you're going to beat once your program is established and you're having success. Kids aren't going to remember that. That those games are not noteworthy and, and it doesn't do anything for your program. So um, that's what Berwick's going to be. It's you know these kids that play that Berwick game especially the first couple of years. I mean, they're going to remember that the rest of their life. So, because the excitement is going to be built up around it. I'm, I'm thinking that I need to come someplace in, in 2020 and that's to that game up there and check it out. Well, coach, thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight. Uh, shedding a little bit of light on a program that you've built there. Like you said, it wasn't easy at the start. Owen uh, 27 at one point, but now one of the, the best uh, teams, not only in Pennsylvania, but the country, and you're going to test it against Hammond. So I look forward to watching that game on ESPN and coach, just thank you so much for your time and congratulations on all the success you and your coaches have had there. Well, thanks a lot, and thanks for uh, again for having me on. Appreciate it. That is Jim Roth, number 15 on the all-time coaching wins list in America, 427 victories, only 63 defeats, and two ties. Nine times state champs in Pennsylvania. That is a state record. They are preseason number one in the high school football America. Small schools, top 25. They won the national championship last year. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Remember, you can listen to the High School Football America podcast by subscribing to iTunes. We're on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all over the place. I'm Jeff Fisher. I'll talk to you tomorrow on the High School Football America podcast.